strategic planning can no longer just be about dollars and cents. We're gonna do this. What's our marketing brand? What's our strategy? If you're not thinking about how anti-racism is part of your strategic planning, if you're not thinking about how psychological safety can also be part of your strategic planning, you're just not going to be the right fit for this world that we're in that's moving rapidly where consciousness is being shaped and elevated at rapid speed. This talk was recorded at the CEO Summit March 2021, titled Racial and Social Justice, Next Steps, with Lutsi Sagu, Social Justice Doula. Learn more about her work at lutsisagu.com. Hi, Lutsi. So good to have you here. Hello, Vicky. I'm so happy to be with you. Tell us who you are and what you do. Ah. I am um, Lucy Segu. I'm currently situated in Miami um, in the United States, which is the ancestral traditional lands of the Miccosukee Seminole-Tekesa First Nations. I am a PhD candidate at the UBC, at UBC, University of British Columbia in Vancouver. I am a social worker. I am a black feminist thinker um, and just someone who's just really curious about the world and who believes people can change and can be transformed and believes that anti-racism is the only way we as a species are going to survive on this planet. So that's me. Awesome, thank you so much. You call yourself a social justice doula or last time we talked, you did. I know language is changing fast. <laughs> Don't know if you've changed that. <laughs> Tell us about that. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I know the language has not changed and I really feel as if um, how I'm working with people individually, as well as organizations, I feel like I'm dueling people so I'm holding people um, through their process of, of, of being with themselves and undoing their socialization and learning. And so I just I, I accompany people and organizations on that on their journey and if you know anything about the birth world um you know that the doula just tends to the energy um and just finds out well what are the conditions that are needed so things can happen and so that's what i do i kind of like like listen and sit with people who's like what are the conditions what are the questions what are the what are the conversations that need to happen so that change can happen and people can be transformed and so um it's, I feel like it's a natural progression going from social worker into thinking about doing social work on a different level. And so this is me dueling people. It sounds hippy dippy. It's rooted in a lot of theory and a lot of magic at the same time. And so I'm really proud of what I'm able to do. And for the most part, people who understand the birth world understand immediately what I mean when I say social justice doula. So it's very interesting. Um, um, what signals it puts out and how it gestures to people differently. It's interesting because uh, I have not had children, but I uh, have birthed so many ideas, so many initiatives, so many projects. So I completely resonate. So could you talk a bit about your process, where you start? We have an audience full of people from uh, all different walks of life, all ages and stages. Um, and a lot of them are very entrepreneurial and very keen on tra uh, transforming themselves and systems. So can you give us a bit of a pathway into your work? Yeah, so thank you. I love how you're reframing because again, it, um, I too do not have children and it just really thinking about like, but we're as women who are doing innovative things, we are giving birth all the time and just wanna think about the capacious 
understanding of birth and what that means. So I really appreciate you centering that. And so where I start is that um, thing I get, I try to get organizations and people thinking that anti-racism is not an identity, it is a practice. What are you practicing? And so if you want the kind of organization where people feel psychologically safe to come to be creative and to be innovative, then you have to really ask yourself, then what are you practicing? Are you incentivizing um, a work culture that allows for that? Or are you incentivizing a culture that reproduces um, the worst parts of business culture that is very much rooted in domination and exploitation? So that's where I start. I just, I literally ask people, what do you want to practice? Do you want to be racist or do you want to be anti-racist? And it's not enough to be against racism. Now it's just like, what do I want to practice? Because we know that if we want something to happen, we have to organize our behavior to, to achieve that goal. So if the goal of this organization is to be anti-racist, then we, we have questions to ask ourselves about what are we practicing? What do we value? Um, um, what languages need to change? What perceptions need to change? All of those kinds of things. And so I start with the self because I'm a firm believer until it's real and you're practicing it, it's not gonna be real within your man management and within your executive leadership and all of those kinds of things. So um, so that is where I start. I start with the self and let's work out on the outer circles. I love it. I wonder a little bit about uh, your process as you're working with organizations. And I, I wonder if you're bringing communities of people along uh, in on the social justice, pathway uh, and the racial justice pathway, uh, how much articulation of what's actually happening while it's happening is important uh, when you're, you know, doing this, this transformation work? Yes. So as any, how can I say, anyone, any high achieving, high function person knows that it's really hard to let people in on everything that's going on in your brain and everything that's all the tools that you're pulling from because you'll lose people and so there's a lot of this stuff in a way that I'm holding but there are things that I'm making really transparent um, because it's weird because some people are when we're thinking about doing anti-racism work there are people who are firmly in the camp of we're gonna feel our way out of this. And then there are other people who are firmly in like, no, 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 we're gonna read all the books and we're gonna read our way out of it. And my job is to be like, actually, no, we're going to um, whole person our way out of this. We're gonna be holistic. And so, which means I have to bring, I, ha I have to bring the intellect and I have to bring my body and I have to bring, think about how are people thinking, how are people feeling? And so I have to bring um, the soft, gushy stuff because I to talk to those people and they have to think about the pragmatic dollars and cents people who are not bringing um that kind of stuff so in that regard it's like i it's it's really hard to let people know that actually i'm doing a lot i'm holding a lot i'm i'm, I'm throwing black feminism at you I'm, I'm throwing native feminisms at you i'm throwing women of color feminism at you and i'm just throwing my you know i'm deeply rooted in my own spirituality my own embodiment and i'm i'm bringing that into it and so it's it's hard especially for people who don't have a practice of thinking about themselves in, in that very specific way, it's it, it could be overwhelming. So I try not to overwhelm because already the subject matter and the work I'm leading them through 
feels scary, is scary, and is already overwhelming. And so this is where um, the beauty of I'm the facilitator, I'm the one holding it. You don't need to be bogged down with all that extra stuff. Let me doula you. Because the doula is really the only person that needs to know all the things that need to happen when they need to happen. You just need to be in um, as present as possible to do the work that you need to do within yourself. I wonder about uh, psychological safety and creating the conditions uh, for that. And if you have a, if you have some learning that you can share uh, around this. So we have to ask ourselves when it comes to psychological safety, um, do you want to be innovative? Do you want to be creative? Because the only way to get the most creative answers and the most innovative answers is to create psychological safety. And when I say psychological safety, like I literally mean that there are organizations where people no longer feel as if they can bring good ideas, they can bring themselves into a room because if the idea does not, if it's too bold, if it's too whatever, there's this intention, there's this thinking like, oh, I'm too woo woo or oh, here I am being too feminine in my thinking, this, that, and a third. Like there's so many gender-based, race-based, um, kinds of things that go on into the in, in the room. And so when I think about psych psychological safety, literally it's just like, can this room be with difference? Can this room be with creativity? And can this room handle creativity from bodies that it's not accustomed to listening to and being led by? And that is a very hard question to ask people because then you're getting into that murkiness of like, then now people have to be honest about, well, what do I think about certain bodies? And do I think certain bodies have good ideas? And do I think I should be led by those bodies and those ideas? And so this is where the psychological safety comes in because, um, and, 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 and psychological safety is kind of a thing. It sounds like really weird and abstract, but you know when you're in a room um, where we want to innovate and then you know when we're in a room where status, we're going to do the status quo thing, even if it bankrupts us. You know when you're in that space. Um, and so my job is like, and literally, and, 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 what, I'm, and what my learnings has, has shown me is like, a place that is rigid around gender, around sex, around um, the roles and whatever, is also a place that is rigid around creativity. So literally like uh, uh, an organization that is operating in sexism and homophobia and racism is literally an organization that's experiencing atrophy. And so anti-racism is not just some like, oh, let's make sure there are enough black people, indigenous people, this, that, and a third, yeah, it has that vibe, it has that effect as well, but a major byproduct that people never think about is psychological safety. If I feel I can bring my entire black self within this professional realm as I, as I deem safe and okay for me, I also get to bring all of these ideas. And what does it look like when you start to get ideas from people who did not go to, to the same schools as you do, who didn't vacation where you vacation, you bring this richness and again, you know, I hate to be all dollars and cents about it, but studies literally show companies that have diverse boards and diverse leaders, the bottom line is better. They, they are more profitable. Why? Because they're innovative. And if you're innovative in one area, you're going to be innovative in other areas in the organization. And I just can't this is a really big thing for me, like psychological safety is going to be the thing that's going to undo a lot of organizations within this decade if they don't get with it. Because strategic planning 
can no longer just be about dollars and cents. We're going to do this. What's our marketing brand? What's our strategy? If you're not thinking about how anti-racism is part of your strategic planning, if you're not thinking about how um, psychological safety can also be part of your strategic planning, you're just not going to be the right fit for this world that we're in that's moving rapidly where consciousness is being shaped and um elevated at rapid speed so um as you can see i'm really passionate about this i love it no i (laughs) I I completely love it i i wonder um if you are sort of looking at organizations today are there practices that you're noticing across the different clients and groups that you're working with uh is everything so completely different and it's impossible to boil the ocean on this? Or are there some things that you just think organizations that do this well, that are going to survive in the future, do these three things or these four things? Yes, conflict, conflict. So if if the majority of the people at an organization are people who are culturally conflict diverse, <laughs> like, I'm so sorry, but like, wow you're in so much trouble it's not even funny you're not it's not even funny because um because when because wherever there are people there are there's conflict so whenever people meet there is a very very high likelihood um conflict will rear its head however those of us who have learned or unlearn rather if you've done the hard work of learning like actually conflict can be generative what does that look like when you come um, um, when you come together with other people? Because here's the thing, it's great to have different people, differences. However, if you are not accustomed to playing well in the, in the sandbox with different kinds of people, then that conflict, conflict gets even more exacerbated. So this is where I have to, I ask people all the time, I need you to be clear and check yourself personally, because here's the thing, if you, if you are conflict averse in your personal life, you are conflict averse at work. Like superwoman is not gonna come out at work if you if you are passive aggressive and constantly avoiding <laughs> avoiding um, whatever in your in, with your kids, with your partner or whomever. So that's number one. Another thing I'm I am noticing, especially among organizations that have a large swath of millennials. Millennials have a different expectation of work. What does that mean? They want more out of work. And so what happens is if you find yourself, you are a boss or executive director who is um, Gen X or, or a boomer, um, you, are, you, you get bristled a lot by uh, millennials because millennials have super high expectations of work, expectations that I think are not fair. So just being clear about that, because now millennials have lived with um, with, a, with um, now two recessions. We, we've seen so many things in a short period of time and the majority of us are not even 40. So with that, there's a lot of like, this job has to be my everything, right? Because I've already, I have six figures worth of student loan debt. So this career has got to it's got to be it. And so that's a lot of pressure to put on an organization. So what I see too is this like, um, um, I'm asking more and more millennial teams to think about, is your expectation for work um, realistic? So this is where I, people should be encouraging their workers 
to to have work-life balance and to have another place outside of work where they funnel their liberatory creative big dreams that cannot for obvious reasons live at work now that becomes very hard when all we do is work and so when all you do is work and you don't have good boundaries and you're not feeding other parts of yourself it um work now becomes everything and then you're easily disappointed by work and that's and that causes a lot of um um social dynamic problems at work because everyone's burnt out no one has another alternative so we're all mad and we're all mad at this at the wrong things but projecting it at this thing since we're all here and um, that's number two and another thing yeah we we, we live in an age where um people expect to bring more feelings into the workplace and for a lot of people culturally that's hard <laughs> that is hard and so how do we become the kind of people especially here we are a year into a global pandemic your worker who you're mentoring who you're improvising all of those things we're all not experiencing this global pandemic in the same way and um, what does it look like for organizations and for leaders when we're thinking about anti-racist feminist leaders to make space for their workers to bring their full self to work and knowing that here's this person having to probably care for an aging parent, a dog, a child, um, and they still have to work. And when it's time for the staff meeting and it's time to check in, are they allowed to say, you know what, today is a really hard day. I don't need anyone at work per se to fix it, I just need to, a place to say that I'm not operating at 10. My, my kid's computer keeps crashing at school. Um, my, my, I have a sick parent. Um, you know, things are not going so well. I'm frazzled. Am I able to say that in my check-in? And then we can move on. And so that there's a, that, there's a, that I'm, I, my humanity is seen because I'm stuck in the house all day with these kids and I need to speak to adults, but I've, I feel like it's, it's not appropriate for me to say that, hey, I'm feeling some things. And so like, yeah, so that is, those are one of the, 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 the top three things right now. I'm asking people like, are you really checking in on your people, really checking in on them? And um and just letting people know that it's not lip service because we all survived 2020. We also, we, we saw the racial reckoning, this, that, and a third. Um, we're still living through a global pandemic here in the United States. We just crossed 500,000 people dead. That's a lot of grief that's in the air. Let us not ignore that there is grief in the air. Thank you. Conflict, bringing it all to work. <clears throat> Uh, and this deeper empathy. I mean, this is what we continue to see uh, over and over, th this need for uh, leaders and teams uh, to really take care of one another. Thank you so much for all that you do. How can we find you? Because we want to send lots of people your way for the amazing work that you're doing. Yes, lutsisagu.com. That is my website. I have a newsletter that I put out every month, uh, lots of resources. You get to, I draw back the curtains on how I'm thinking about the world. You can find me on Instagram, um, Social Justice Jula. Um, Facebook offers an, a way to follow people without not being their friends on Facebook. You can follow me on Facebook, Lutsisagu, or you can find me on Twitter, um, Feminist Griot. So um, I'm on all the things, I don't know why, but I'm very accessible, you can find me. Awesome, thank you so much, Lutzi. Uh, love having talks with you. See you again soon. 
This talk was recorded at the CEO Summit March 2021, titled Racial and Social Justice, Next Steps with Lutsi Sagu, Social Justice Doula. Learn more about her work at lutsisagu.com.